You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. everyone to rb1 colon a fantasy football podcast brought to you by faketeams.com i am your humble host the consummate professional the number one advocate of the trading of rob gronkowski movement peter rogers and i am joined as always by the builder of the Dion lewis bandwagon mr independent drinker and the champion of doggos everywhere clark burns clark uh i do know how your evening has been but how's your evening been I feel like that's the nicest and most accurate introduction that I've had on the podcast to date. Thank you. I've decided that uh, that we should start having lengthier introductions for each other, um, and so and it, and I think it should be a fun thing where it like accumulates over episodes. So you know, when something happens, we just kind of tack it on. And by episode two hundred, fifty percent of the show will just be us l- listing all of the different titles that we have established for ourselves. I feel like that's great. And if we can just kick it off with some inside jokes that nobody other than the hosts who aren't here will get or appreciate, we can start calling Nick second best Walter. We can start calling <laughs> I Jordan. I literally like, was planning on that. Yeah, like, Jordan. why didn't you do the rock, Jordan? You know, like Jordan, yeah, Jimmy Graham's cornhole partner. That's the whole point. Oh. And that way, those people who've listened to us from the beginning, I mean, this is, I feel like right now, we're we're kind of hearkening back to Generation 2 RB1 podcast. You know, we had Generation 1, which was just myself and Jonathan Barnett when we started the pod. And then you came aboard. And then it was just us two for a while. And then Jordan came aboard. And that's kind of Gen 3. And then Nick came aboard. And that's kind of where we're still like flirting with Gen 3, Gen 4 right now. Everything started going downhill. Everything started going downhill. I'm just kidding. I feel like, (laughs) I don't know if you did this. So like when we started doing the podcast, I used to listen to like everyone and sometimes twice. And I feel like it really helped me with my public speaking. It really helped me at work. But now it just comes up on my feet. I'm like, nah. <laughs> I listen. <laughs> no, no, I skip sometimes, over it. sometimes I I do listen to them. Mostly, what I'll do is I'll hit play and then drag it to the very end, so we get that play click. Oh, is that? A, oh, okay. Yeah, all about pumping those stats. It's, it just okay. I think it registers. It registers when you finished it. So. Oh, okay. Because my favorite thing to do is have several beers and then force Katie to listen to it. And she loves that. And she is a big fan of listening, listening to the to podcast. Listening to me laugh at my jokes for 45 minutes is one of her favorite things to do. Yeah. I mean, how could it not be? Yeah, I always pester Becca to listen. And occasionally she does. But I just figured what I need to do, and you should start doing this, Katie, is you just need to like reference them throughout the podcast and then say something about them and then if they respond to you the next day you're like "Mm, you listen to the podcast well see so like i've been trying to break into her phone and make her subscribe but it's her birthday (laughs) and who the knows what that is oh it's her birthday oh her 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 password password is is her birthday Oh, good. Oh, good. You're Sorry, gonna have... I've been trying not to drop f bombs on the show, but that was like that was a good. That was a, it was a well. It was it was worth it. It was worth it. It was appropriate. Um, 
yeah, a little bit behind the scenes. I just put in an order. Hopefully, we'll see if this works or not. I put in an order for like a, a little soundboard so that hopefully what we can do is we can pre-record drops to a button. And then I can we can do drops live as opposed oh. to me doing it in post, which would be really nice. That'd be fun. We start, so, we start feeling like a legit podcast. I I tried. I was going to say so hard, but like for five minutes <laughs> to look for a Muppets soundboard that I could have on my iPad, like next to my microphone. Right. It's like, ah, oh, it's too hard. So no, I, I think I think hopefully the plan is hopefully this will plug into the computer and it will just like sound just like we are recording right now, as opposed to sounding like it's played through a microphone through a phone, which is how we normally do it. Oh. Bird worse. I really want to have a big step. Jockey just just start smacking fart noises everywhere. Uh but total Pawnee style, like the douche, oh, yeah. like just completely <laughs> crazy irony. Yeah, the douche. Uh, um uh, yeah, listeners should thank me for not launching into several of my favorite sound effects. Uh, <laughs> it's what basically this show becomes when it's just the two of us, when both Jordan and Nick are out. It's just it's just us making stupid sound effects. Lengthy preamble <laughs> and then quickly firing through the games without much. Hey, man, it's on brand. It's been said that we feel ourselves a little too much. Uh, all right. So we are going to talk actual football. We've got our week 10 starts and sits. We'll do a little lock recap from what we did last week. Um, but first, I do want to quickly start because we did break this news on Tuesday's podcast and the news came to fruition. Des Bryant is back in the NFL, signed a one-year deal with the New Orleans Saints. Now, obviously, we can talk circles around what his role will be and and what his, you know, whether or not he's worth having a, a grabbing in fantasy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but instead of that, personally, I think that this is the best landing spot for Des Bryant because New Orleans has had a history of utilizing these kind of big uh, receivers and putting them in the slots and having that having that being pretty effective. Clark, was there any other team out there that you felt would have been a better destination for Des? Because I kind of think that like who knows what we're going to get from, but this is probably the place that we'll get the most from him. That's tough, and that is not the question I thought you were going to end <laughs> on. Um, so uh, the the question I was going to answer was perfect. Am I excited about this? Not really. Would I pick him up for free? Yeah, sure. Like if waivers have already run and your league hasn't, you know, gotten hip to the fact that he is on the Des is on the Saints now. Like, yeah, I'd go pick him up for free, but I'm not real excited about what's gonna happen. I feel like it's already such a crapshoot after Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas and Drew Brees, and now Ben Watson, which I know. like Good for him. Good you for know, like, you, I ben. love to see people like only a couple of years younger than me and so geriatric <laughs> in football terms have great years. Yeah. Um, but no, like, I guess to, to be frank, like the Saints, the Packers, the Rams, you know, these are the best offenses in football. So you would just want any offensive player to go there. And I think that the Saints have the biggest lack of kind of giant dude. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if Ben Watson is getting a couple of touchdowns every, you know, four or five weeks, yeah, I could see Des right. eating. Yeah, I mean, I just, I there, I was looking, I did the write-up for fake teams when the news broke, and uh, I believe Michael Thomas has 77 targets so far. Um, I think Kamara has 65, and then the next closest person mm. is Ben Watson with 30. Mm. Alvin Kamara. Uh, <laughs> 
God, what idiot said at in the offseason that he was going to be a bust this year? God, that dude, that dude should be fired from his job. One fake teams writer had the chutzpah to put Alvin Kamara as the second best running back. Good. Now, let's not pay attention to who that writer put as their first running back, because that's not important. We're not <laughs> talking about number one. We don't care about number one right here. We just care about who is number two. Basically, Person who people. hasn't played for 10 weeks. Not the point. Not the point. If you average out my my uh, Alvin Kamara offseason take and Clark's Alvin Kamara offseason take, we gave you great advice. Clark actually legit gave you. You legit gave the people perfect advice. I, on the other hand, was like, Alvin Kamara's not going to be a top 12 back. And everyone's like, you're a f-ing idiot. And what do you know? I believed. Um, like Dad says, even a blind hog roots up an acorn every once in a while. So, yeah, we can move on. We can move on. Um, yeah, I just I think I think it's the perfect landing spot for Des. I don't think that there's going to be a better spot for him. I think Sean Payton knows how he's going to use him. I think I could see him kind of building off of that Marquise Colston big boy slot receiver. Uh, um, Brandon Coleman had for like a hot sack some fantasy relevance in that role. So who knows what Des has left in the tank? But I do think that there are there are very few people in the NFL who like rise to the occasion because of the haters more than Des Bryant. I feel like, I feel like Steve Smith and Adrian Peterson atop that list of like, F- you, I can do this. I'm 33 years old. And I think Des is, is a close four or five. I do want to temper expectations because there are so many weapons in new right. Orleans and they're running that stupid F and read option crap. <laughs> uh, and you know, Drew Brees isn't throwing a lot of fades to the end zone. I feel like you throw fades to the end zone when your offense isn't that great and Mm -hmm. you want to spread out the defense. Or, you know, you have a guy like Des Bryant three years ago. Yeah, I just don't think that they're going to do that. I just really don't. So I feel like if you were able to pick up Des and people are really excited about him and you can package him to push a trade over the top, like you should do that because I really have no faith that Des is going to be like, when are you going to start him? Right. Who no, that's start him over. Like, yeah, he may do well, but God, he has the option. He has the opportunity of getting you like one catch for four yards, just as much as he has, you know, two catches for two touchdowns for eight yards. Like, right. I just don't, I don't believe. No, that's fair. Yeah, I think I think temper expectations is a good thing. Don't don't go busting your balls. For good him. football move. Like, yes, football move. But like for fantasy, I I couldn't care less. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on. Then uh, let's quickly do a little lock recap from last week, uh, and then we'll get into the week oh, ten let's... games. <laughs> Clark doesn't want to lock. Don't I don't wor- like to look back. <laughs> let's look forward. That's fair. All I had to say is both Clark and I lost, but I will. Ha- I do have to give props to Jordan, who said that yeah. Tevin Coleman was going to put eighteen PPR points, which was his highest performance to date, uh, and Tevin Coleman destroyed that blew that out of the water scoring 32.6 so gotta give jordan props for absolutely nailing that and my and my win streak is dead because Cortland sutton did not get 10 standard points so that's upsetting but props to you jordan even though you're not here to appreciate the the props Cortland sutton this this is something that i'm thinking about i'm going to derail us perfect and you old school yeah uh, man emmanuel sanders has been doing so good every other game or like every third game and it is just really hurting me trying to think about are you going to play emmanuel sanders in your fantasy playoffs this year because he's still like wide receiver 13 or so right oh good you still started but like he has a legit chance to give you two points yeah 
Yeah, it's it's tough. I I've had a similar kind of uh, uh, cu- coming to Jesus moment with John Brown, where I'm just like, you know what? I just don't trust the Ravens' offense anymore. And John Brown either gets you three points or gets you 26 points, and he gets you more three pointers than he gets you 26. So I'm just like, I, I don't even want to put my hand into that Ravens pool anymore. So I'm probably going to either try to package him somewhere or or just maybe straight up release him. Yeah, and I love that comparison because these are the kind of guys that if you look at the team you're going against and they're better than you, mm-hmm. you start them. Yeah. <laughs> right, because right. right. you're like, this is my home run shot. It could be huge. But if you have this or like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I no, should have I... thought about this sentence before I started, <laughs> I guess, is the takeaway. Uh, I think the general consensus. But if you have that or like Kenny Galladay or something, like, right. I feel like Kenny Galladay is going to be seven or eight. In his worst weeks. Yeah. No, it's this is a good this is something that you bring up that's I think a good point. Uh and it's just this kind of idea with the trade deadline for fantasy leagues coming pretty soon. It's something to think about when you have someone who is kind of is gives you big games but is more or less wildly inconsistent. Is that someone you want to reliably trust in the playoffs? And if not, maybe it's time to package him for someone who his highs are not as high as say a John Brown or Emmanuel Sanders, but the lows are never ever touching, you know, what, uh, what John Brown or, or Emmanuel Sanders are, are giving you sometimes. Yeah. And I think this is fun to talk about. Um, I mean like Julian Edelman isn't setting the world on fire and I don't think he's given you any games that have been like 19 or 20 points or anything nah. like that. But I also don't think he's given you any games like under six no, I mean he's consistently getting at least five catches a game and getting you, you know, turning that into fifty plus yards, which is yeah, five points in standard and more than that in PPR. So, so this is kind of that point in the year where you're deciding either you're struggling to make the playoffs and you're just going to fight tooth and nail to make the playoffs, and anything can happen once you get into the playoffs, or right. if you're doing really well, you're setting yourself up for you're looking at your playoff schedule and seeing if you can move like. Joe Mixon for maybe somebody who has a better schedule or something mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, I, th- I think if you're a shoot for the moon team, which I am in a couple of leagues, like, yeah, man, Emmanuel Sanders and John Brown are kind of the guys I'm going to roll with. Yeah. And I'm just going to hope that I totally get luckier than I should and take home that thousand dollars. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the way to roll. Interestingly enough, I know everyone cares about my fantasy teams. <laughs> uh, so I was lucky enough to be, a contributor, a fantasy football analyst for the Scott Fishbowl. Like, I feel like I totally cheated. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm in first place in my division by two games. Woo! I am I am a solid 400 points scored Woo! under, like, two or three different people in my league. So I am the epitome of, like, how luck, luck is, fa- is, is involved. Is really on your side. Yeah. Oh man, everything's coming up Millhouse this year. This Everything great. coming up Millhouse. Uh, all right, should we should we start talking some Week Ten starts and sits? <sighs> yeah, I feel like I, I guess like I guess we have to. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is. Don't worry, we have a couple of dog things that I'll talk about later. But yeah, good. we're good. We're good. This is the issue of these podcasts being uh, all of us being remote and in different parts of the country. Is that like these are the only times that we all get to like interact and talk, and so. Most of the podcasts were just like, hey, you want to just talk about things and just kind of see where it goes? And then we're like, well, shit, we actually kind of have to like give people some sort of content to tune in on. 
And I always feel like when there's more people here that I need to be more mature and like on topic. <laughs> but when it's just me and you, it's like, ah. Well, yeah, <laughs> when we go back to generation two of RB1, yeah, we're just like, screw like, it. You guys knew what you're getting yourself into. Um, all right. Well, let's start off. Jordan and Nick like do research and stuff. I know. They're good. Like, they're good at their jobs. I'm really glad that we're they're on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. They're listeners dear listeners if you haven't gathered or put this together so far uh jordan and nick are the guys who you should be listening to that's not true you also do a really good job if you want a funny tweet or an anecdote i feel like i'm the man for that of but course otherwise dude you also were well let's advice. let's let's uh let's quickly take this moment to all pat ourselves on the back i mean you were a Dion lewis truther well before everyone thought it was cool to be a Dion lewis truther i mean now everyone's like, oh, Dion Lewis, you well, should add him on your fantasy team. Clark's like, Psh, been there. I appreciate that. I got you. Um, all right, let's start with the shit shows. Uh, and it should be no surprise that we lead off the shit shows with the shittiest of the shows this week, the Buffalo Bills taking on the New Jersey uh, Jets. I always say New Jersey right oh. off the bat because not only first is their stadium in New Jersey, but also the NYJ. Always just confused me. I just ignore the why. And I'm like, sure, New Jersey, why not? Uh, for this game, I, uh, there's not a lot of things to excite it, but I will give you one Clark Clark. I'm going to give you one. That's kind of an under the radar move that could help you win your fantasy league. And this week, uh, start the jets defense. Don't laugh about this. 19. Yeah. yeah, 19s (laughs) have played Buffalo this year. And in all of their non bills games, those defensive units have averaged 5.9 game uh, points per game against the bills. They all average. 16.1 16.1 points. So in standard in standard scoring, there are only six flex players who are averaging more than 16 point, 16.1 points per game. Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, James Conner, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, and Saquon Barkley. So basically, whatever defense is playing against the Bills averages as many points as the top five running backs in the league. So there you go. So number one, I really want to play in a league where flex means that you can start a defense. Yeah. I feel like that sounds fun. And Pete, you have just discovered a new fun thing. I think we get rid of, we do Jordan's thing where you get rid of defenses entirely, but you can use them as your flex. So like you don't need to start a defense or kickers. One of the two, but like you don't need to start a defense week to week. But if you do, if you have a matchup, you can slap them into your flex. I like that. And so I know a lot of people that a lot too. I know two people (laughs) that like the bills. And so I always feel guilty bad-mouthing them. the Bills on a fantasy show because they're a complete Shit embarrassment. Um, mm. Poor Nathan Peterman. Just, you know, when he owns a Chevy dealership somewhere out in the Midwest, he's just going to really be torn between saying, like, I used to play in the NFL versus, like, looking at my stats in the NFL. Right. And so... They, I just I just hope that Nathan Peterman has a couple of good games before he rides off into the sunset. But I don't think that that starts this week. And so I think the Jets defense is a great start. I think Isaiah, Isaiah Crowell is an okay start because I don't really see the Bills or well, the Jets running away with this one. So right. I think both running games will be okay. But otherwise, like, I, Jesus, I feel like we've talked about this yeah, game a lot more than it deserves. Uh, especially since Sam Darnold's not playing this game, so they could they could Wait, rely. What? Yeah, he's he's out for this game with some sort of foot injury. So it's it's going to be the uh, the what's his name, uh, not Josh Rosen, but Josh McCown uh, experience. 
oh, that might be actually kind of interesting for the Jets wide receivers. It might, it might open up some Robbie Josh Anderson. Josh good for like four games a year until he gets broken. Right, and he's, you know, he's starting fresh right now. So who knows? Once uh, again, Clark getting his fantasy advice live on the air in the podcast. It's perfect. Uh, but yeah, but start start the Jets defense for sure. Uh, moving on to the shit shows. I, I can't believe this is our Monday night game. Uh, but believe it, it's the New York Giants against the San Francisco 49ers. Clark, what do you got? So this is going to be a real quick take. I mean, you get George Kittle in there and you get Odell Beckham in there. And then you just like spend some time with your girlfriend or boyfriend or mom or dad or whoever is really important to you in your house. Uh because don't bother with this one. Just this is two nights in a row or two Monday night football matchups in a row where you can get some sleep. You can attack Tuesday like it's going out of style. Uh, oh, and of course, Saquon Barkley. Sorry. Yeah. But no, like, no. that's it. Just yeah. Monday night football. I don't know who was negotiating for you that you can't flex a better game into this like primetime matchup and F you NFL. But yeah, yeah, yeah. This game is just meh. I mean, good for the good for the new guy, Nick Mullins or whatever, who's just competent, which proves that like (laughs) if you just give Kyle Shanahan (laughs) a somewhat competent quarterback, he looks like a genius out there. Yeah, but just give him someone who can throw the ball with mild accuracy. Zero interest in this game. No, this game's dumb. Um, let's move on then to the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Indianapolis Kilts. Uh, and my play for this game is start Marlon Mack with confidence, people. Uh, we've seen a lot from him so far the past three weeks. He has carried the ball 56 times for 347 yards, uh, 6.2 yards per carry, and has four total touchdowns. And I think that continues against the Jaguars defense that's given up the 12th most points to opposing backs over the last four weeks. The secondary is still good. I know A.J. Boye, I think, is going to be out uh, this game. And so that definitely boosts, you know, kind of your plays in the in the secondary a little bit. Um but I do think the game plan is still going to be kind of constructed maybe a little bit more around running that football and establishing that run game. And I'm going to trust Marlon Mack as an RB2. He's shown, you know, it's one of these things where it's like you want to ride the wave until the wave crashes. I'm going to keep riding. So I think the, I think the Colts have made a concerted effort to do more in the running game and not necessarily with more rushes, but more getting the running backs involved. So early in the year, we had Naheem Hines involved a lot more than a lot of people, not me expected because Andrew Luck was throwing the ball like what 40 times a game this is ridiculous um, yeah you just can't sustain that for a guy who's coming back from shoulder surgery and they were doing it because it was a lot of we don't have a run game and we don't mm-hmm. have an offensive line and so that was actually I think very good coaching getting the ball out of his hands quickly design movement plays anyway uh so I think against the Jaguars we're gonna see a lot of the same thing a lot of quick passing uh, but then a lot of what we've seen out of the Colts lately, which is focusing on the run game. And so I think Marlon Mack is going to have a great game. I think there's going to be enough for Naheem Hines in PPR. And I think T.Y. Hilton is just going to eat. I mean, there's T.Y. Hilton is kind of that Antonio Brown guy. Like, you can't guard him. Right. You yeah. can scheme against him and you can hold him to just 60 yards. But if he gets loose then it's going to be 140 yards and a touchdown. So uh, I think you start Andrew Luck. I mean, I think, geez, the Jaguars. One of my favorite things uh, I saw during the Jaguars bye week was a Barstool sports article that said, oh, the Jaguars have lost in their bye week. (laughs) Classic. 
But yeah, and I mean, there's not enough certainty in the Jaguars anywhere. Like, even if Leonard Fournette plays, like, do you think that he's going to do good enough even against a weak Colts offense? Like, I think you have to start him, but I mean, do you want to start any of these wide receivers? No. No. So yeah, like, I feel like Marlon Mack, maybe Naheem Hines, Andrew Luck's fine. Yeah. And T.Y. Hilton. But yeah, this is going to be... much more interesting to me as an AFC South fan than it's going to be for anyone in fantasy. Do you think the Jaguars quickly, since you're an AFC South fan and you love the Jaguars intimately, uh, do they have any chance at rectifying their season or are they just basically in the pooper? No. So like I, I personally, I hate the Jaguars and I wish them the worst constantly. Um, but they have a lot of really talented people on their football team. Uh, Blake Bortles is, as far as consistency goes laughably bad but with that defense they have and with the talent that they have on Mm -hmm. offense like i would be none surprised if they win their conference at nine and six right like the the jaguars still have a lot of talent they're just man don't don't underestimate your houston texans who are currently on a six game win streak i don't (sighs) Clark, you are you are one of those fans who just never believes in nice things while they're happening to you. I grew up and root for Houston teams. It's fair. It's fair. I understand. So, as much as I hate the Jaguars, I know that's a bit of a bit. The Jaguars have a lot of good players on the team. This is this division is embarrassingly bad. So, of course, like they could rebound and they could come out of their bye week and just shut down mm-hmm. the Colts, who like. As, as many flaws as they have, they're pretty potent offensively. Right. So if they only put up like 300 yards of total offense and lose like 16 to 20, I mean, that's kind of a signal that maybe the bye week was good for the Jaguars. But I just want to stay away from this game, really, yeah. if I can. Other, I, I think your Marlon Mack call is a good call, but oh, this is going to be a tough one. We should, uh, I'll make sure next week on the podcast to add a uh, Jaguars hater to your introductory titles. Please do. Yeah. I gotta, just, I got it. I love that. that. Like I finally bought into the Jaguars being okay and complimented them and they've and lost just, every game just, since. <laughs> just have just Nothing's, had a meteoric crash since then. It's beautiful. Nothing's brought me more joy than that beat. I feel yeah. like I really had a lot to do. With it. Single-handedly destroyed the Jaguar season. Uh, um okay let's move on then to the final game in the shit shows which is the uh let me quickly find it in my notes oh it's the arizona cardinals at kansas city not because kansas city sucks but because the cardinals suck um and we had this jordan was going to take this game i don't know if you have notes on this clark do you have anyone you're starting or sitting in this game yeah i mean everyone for kansas city and maybe david johnson for the cardinals it's just The one thing I will say, uh, and Nick wrote about this in his, he wrote uh, four quarterbacks to snag off the waiver wire if you're looking to stream this week. Josh Rosen, I think, could be. Wait, where, did he, where did he, where can you find this? Oh, uh, uh, fake teams. Fake teams.com. Nick underscore underscore ginger. Other way around. Whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> um, I do think that Josh Rosen. I think this is like a kind of a desperation play, but Kansas city's defense still is pretty bad. And you liked what you saw with, with Brian Leftwich as offensive coordinator uh, last week. 
and you're hoping that I think what they're coming off of a bite, are they? Yeah, they are. But boy, you got to get specially tailored pants to start Josh Rosen this week. Hey, man, some people might have those. Um, but I do, I do like David Johnson. I'm definitely starting David Johnson this week. I just think that you already saw that improved involvement in the offense uh, two weeks ago, and I think with the bye week to fully implement at least a more of Brian Leftwich's offense, then he's going to even become more involved against a Chiefs defense that still really can't stop anyone. So, Yeah, and this is the classic garbage time, uh, good for fantasy, not good for real football. I right. mean, someone I can fall into 100 yards receiving. Someone can fall into like 200 scrimmage yards. And, and David Johnson is super talented. I mean, right. The Chiefs could be up 41 to 4 in the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this game could get out of hand real fast. Maybe yeah. So oh, um God. all right, let's move on then to the if I'm boards this week and we'll start off with the New England Patriots at Tennessee to take on the mini New England Patriots. <laughs> uh and I am going to have my start this week be Josh Gordon, baby. Uh as a Pats fan and just as a just as a as a fan of football. It's great to see him becoming not only a part of this offense but like Staying out of trouble, right? Like we haven't heard anything about it, presumably, and and you know it's the Patriots. You know, not having his livelihood called into question because he smokes weed like most of the country. Exactly. Exactly. I think I honestly I think that the Patriots was the perfect landing spot for him because they just don't let anything leak out of that locker room. I bet you he still smokes a shit ton of weed, and the Patriots are just like whatever, dude. Like you do you. Like I love the idea of Josh Gordon. I feel like he is a martyr for this stupid legislation that we have in this country. And to see him doing well after such a hard time warms my cockles. It's it's great. It's great to see. Um, and, and I, I picked him up everywhere. And so. you picked him up everywhere. And you're, and you're right to do so because he's peaking at the perfect time. Because guess what? Uh, guess what, Clark? Guess who he gets to face off against? Uh, it, it pains me to say this, but Malcolm Butler has been hot trash this, this season. Uh, he struggled. He is struggling big time. He's giving up a league-high 618 receiving yards and a league-high seven touchdowns in coverage this season. So, wow, not great. And Josh Gordon is just thriving and becoming an implemented part of this offense. Clearly the Patriots go to deep threat. Uh, and I am all aboard this. Plus, since I'm watching this game, might as well lock up a game that I'm going to be watching. So I'm going to make this my Merlin master of the warlocks lock of the week. Uh, and Josh Gordon's going to get you 20 points in PPR. So I like it. I think Malcolm Butler is better than those stats indicate. And I think the Titans not being really good at football like they're they are very much an afc south team uh, they occasionally <laughs> look good when they mm-hmm. play absolutely garbage opponents like the cowboys that's right dallas Take yeah suck it dallas um but I, I feel like what's happening with josh gordon is he is replacing brady's uh gronk security mm. blanket mm, um interesting we need a play I need to go downfield. I don't know what to do. We're going to throw it to Josh Gordon. And Josh Gordon has paid off that play enough for Tom Brady to think like, oh, he's double covered and it's fourth down and we need three yards, but we've decided to pass. Like, I'm just going to check it out there. And he, and he did it. We had, There's an exact moment that that has proven to be successful. So very interested in Josh Gordon rest of season. Yep. If you have a 
if you have an owner in your league who has Josh Gordon on his bench and he's just tearing it up, like make an offer for him, get out there and get him. Uh, I love Josh Gordon rest of season. And then just casually football fan, man, Josh Gordon and Rob Gronkowski in the playoffs, like good effing luck again the patriots are going to be in the super bowl and this is going to be really interesting and i love that a guy who the only thing he ever did wrong was smoke weed and has had such a horrible time staying in the nfl not like many other players who we could list people who've done actually heinous crimes playing in the league uh good for you josh gordon good i i'm just i'm glad that you're not having your likelihood livelihood taken away for some incredibly arbitrary racist white person thing. Yeah, agree. Anyway, good talk. I 100% agree. Uh, <laughs> I do also want to take this moment because we are talking about Malcolm Butler, and I want to quickly throw this in because I've already seen this rhetoric on uh, Patriots Twitter. Patriots Twitter is very stupid sometimes. Um, they misspell things all the time. It's like ba b a h bastin Um. Obviously, Butler has not had a great season, and yes, good for Bill Belichick for recognizing that and whatever and sending him off to sign with another team, whatever you want to say. Uh, I do want to just say, like, do respect the man. He did single-handedly win us a Super Bowl. Um, so let's uh, let's put a little respect in Malcolm Butler's name and recognize that it's very, very difficult to play cornerback at a top-notch level for your entire career, especially when the offenses are just becoming, having all the rules going in their favor, and they're just becoming impossible to stop. I know he's a hyper-aggressive corner and gets caught up a lot in double moves and that kind of stuff, which I'm sure the Patriots will take advantage of. Um, but, you know, let's, uh, let's, we can still think of it like with Adam Venateri. If Adam Venateri comes and misses a field goal, you're still like, you know what, Adam Venateri, you know, you missed a field goal, but we still respect you. Let's, let's still keep a little respect in Malcolm Butler's name this weekend. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's just not be jerks. To yeah, let's just not be dicks. All the time. Not let's dicks. focus our energy on Brock Osweiler <laughs> and let's focus our energy on whoever is playing quarterback for the Jaguars. Yep. You know but, who you are. Yep. Let's, uh, let's, let's, if you want to be a dick, be a dick to those guys. Uh, let's move on to the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Oakland Raiders. Um, I have to say, I'm very upset with the Raiders, and it's, this is all of our faults for picking them to beat the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday last week. But I Wait, zero. Did we all do that? Did you? I thought we all did. I thought the whole staff written down. It's written down. The whole staff, I have the whole staff written down as picking Oakland, which is very disappointing on all of our parts for trusting John Gruden in this. Well, you guys are jerks. (laughs) We're all idiots. Uh, So I have no faith in this Oakland uh, Oakland team. Clark, who do you like in this game? I believe in Brandon LaFair. There is a name you would not think to think of. So Brandon LaFell has actually done this to us before. Everyone has written him off as not very good. And then he went to a different team. And most of the people who even rooted for that team didn't know that he was on that team. And then he had a great season. Uh, So I feel like Brandon LaFell is probably the most competent all-around wide receiver that the Raiders have. I love you, Jordy Nelson. Kind of a two-trick pony, which you're still very good at, but you are getting older and running the deep route and going up for jump balls in your old age. Kind of questionable. Short story long. I love you, Brandon LaFell. 
I'm going to ride the Brandon LaFell train. Yeah. For at least a couple of weeks. Other than that, I'm getting away from everybody else in Oakland. And I feel like almost everybody else for the Chargers is a, is a go. Uh, even to the likes of, you know, of course, Keenan Allen and Melvin Gordon are going. Uh, but even Mike Williams and Austin Eckler. I, I, I just feel like the Raiders aren't quite as bad as we saw last week. But, but they're boy, bad. they're bad. Yeah. yeah. Do you like do you like Mike Williams over Terrell Williams this week? I'm I can't yeah. figure out which Williams I want on and I even I mean, sent out a poll on fake teams and it was like tied and I was like this is so unhelpful. I feel like most of the population is like me and that you're just seeing the Williams and getting really excited. I want Mike I need Mike Williams to start scoring touchdowns. He's got 5 right now and I need him to get another 5 for the second half and then my beer bet pays out and I'm going to make I'm so many really beers. I'm really nervous about that Keenan Allen. Yeah, yeah, it's a great beer bet. Oh man, if I that if that pans out, I'm going to be a, the happiest boy on earth. Uh all right, let's move on. Uh speaking of Brock Osweiler, the Miami Dolphins head to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Uh and my play for this game is to start Marquise Valdez Scantling. I think I said that right. Uh, he absolutely terrified me Sunday night. I just like anytime he was targeted downfield, I was like, well, shit, that's a catch. Uh, he was making big plays all over the field and Rogers clearly trusts him with, uh, Geronimo Allison now on IR, like VS VS. I'm going to call him that because I can't pronounce his name consistently uh, on a regular basis. We'll call him MVS. MVS is going to be that wide receiver too. And the wide receiver two in the Packers offense is worth being on your team and worth starting. He's posted either a hundred yards or a touchdown in four straight games. And the dolphins have given up the most touchdowns to wide receiver in the last four games, including that uh, terrific performance by uh, Deshaun Watson, where he put up five touchdowns on Thursday night, two weeks ago. I can only imagine what Aaron Rodgers at home after a tough loss against the Patriots is going to do to this Miami secondary. And I think MVS is going to be a big part of that. Yeah, I think that's a nice call. The second wide receiver in Green Bay, when Aaron Rodgers is playing, has been a fantastic spot. We've really had to guess who the F that was for several years now. It's Uh, true. It looks like with Geronimo Allison being out, like you said, and with Randall Cobb playing much more of an auxiliary support role than he has in the past. It looks like Valdez Scantling. No, that was well done. That that was fluid. It came right out. It sounded natural. As a a Texan, I I, I should be better at pronouncing these names. Um, He gets deep. uh, Rogers looks for him and he gives you that deep threat. So absolutely great start there. Yeah. Good call. (laughs) It sounded like you had more to say, but clearly yeah, not. Yeah, no, I thought I did, but then I forgot what I was talking about. So decided to pinch it off and uh, get up and go back to work. Sounds good. Uh, let's move on to the last game then of the uh, If I'm Boards, and that's the Atlanta Falcons heading to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Uh, and my play for this is a simple start Calvin Ridley. I mean, you're going to start all of your Falcons bros. You're going to start Julio Jones now that he knows how to score touchdowns. You're going to start Matt Ryan. Uh, but I think you can start Calvin Ridley with some pretty good uh, – and I also – wait, I should say, I love, absolutely love Tevin Coleman this week. Um, but I can't get on Jordan's corner too late uh, because that looks bad to you know join join his corner late uh, as opposed to being on, on the initial ride. Um, the Browns have a banged-up secondary already, uh, and they could be starting their third and fourth corner Sunday. In the last four weeks, they've given up the second-most touchdowns to wide receivers. They are a mess. Uh, and the one thing that Ridley does well is score touchdowns. So 
I think he could be in for another kind of one to two touchdown performance against Cleveland. Yep, sounds great. Perfect. This probably could have been a shit show, but I was like, you know what? It could be a good game because the Falcons defense still is not that hot. And Baker Mayfield, you know, they made the Kansas City Chiefs game slightly competitive. Who says no? Maybe. I mean, you don't want to count on it. I mean, I I think you get Chubb in there. I think you get Jarvis Landry in there, but. I've become an, I've become I've lost a lot of my uh, my intrigue with Jarvis Landry. I've become a, a hardened Jarvis Landry owner. Um, he hasn't really panned out for me recently. All right, let's move on to the these could be good games, and we'll start with uh, the uh, showdown for the NFC East: Dallas Cowboys at Philadelphia playing the Eagles. Clark, who do you like in this game? Well, I like the Eagles. Couldn't give an f less about this game. I think that. This is going to be hyped as like a great matchup, and I think the Eagles are just going to run away with this one. The thing to watch is, are the Cowboys going to realize that Ezekiel Elliott is the best player they have on their team and so feature him? As an aside, I didn't watch much of the Monday Night Football game last Did week. Did anyone? And I was rightfully justified in doing so. But what I did see was, uh, a play where there was a fake handoff boot action. Ezekiel Elliott run off the right boot action to Dak. There was actually a screen. Oh, shocker. Ezekiel Elliott. And he had a lot of really fat white dudes out in front of him <laughs> available to block. But instead, Dak Prescott decided to throw a fade to someone who was bracket covered in the end zone and the other team intercepted the ball. Oh my God. So I just wonder, will Dallas realize that Ezekiel Elliott is incredibly good at football. And when you design plays to go to him, you should do it, (laughs) throw it to him. (laughs) Or will Dallas continue to be perhaps the most embarrassing, decent team in football? So, I mean, what a good name for them. Like, okay, for Philadelphia, I, I think Zach Ertz is a start. I think Chris, you know, Carson Wentz is a start, obviously. And they're guessing between Nelson Aguilar and uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Like, you never know who's going to do good there. What about Golden Tate? <sighs> That's right. He's there. Now. Great football move. I have no idea. I know. Can we also, can we just hot sec talk about that and Howie Roseman getting these like perfect players for his team at the trade deadline and how they just come in and make an instant impact. Jay Ajayi last year, Golden Tate, you know, Golden Tate is going to just suddenly make this offense just be unstoppable. And the Lions, and you're going to be like, what are you doing, Lions? We get a guy that if you can train your quarterback appropriately, like, hey, this guy is going to be open on this route as your third option every play. And if you dink it to him, he will get you 20 to 30 yards after the catch. That's how you keep moving the ball down the field is you throw the ball like after your first or second option is gone. Right. Outlet to Golden Tate. Yeah. The Seahawks and the Lions have been doing that for years and neither one of them seem to appreciate it. So clearly Uh, you could tell you could watch the Cowboys, you know, like F sake. You can tell this game, so bad. this game has a lot of fantasy potential. When Clark doesn't give anyone to start or sit, he gives a question imploring the Cowboys to actually know what they're doing on a football level. I mean, it's true. Jason Garrett. 
have fun have fun uh coaching college next year yeah uh, the eagles are gonna win and they're gonna score a ton of points so go yeah. eagles go eagles <laughs> even though I don't have them going to the playoffs in our playoff predictions. Yikes! Uh, let's move on to the Detroit Lions heading to Chicago to take on the Bears, and I'm going to uh, pull some verbiage out of Clark's book, my sneaky start this game, for those who are in deeper leagues and want to kind of risk it for the biscuit, is Theo Riddick. Uh, and we just talked about Golden Tate and how the Lions got rid of him. The first game without Tate, Riddick was the Lions slot receiver. He ran 13 routes and caught 7 out of 8 targets uh, out of the slot. And so he, Stafford just got wrecked by the Vikings in that defensive line. And he's now facing a uh, defensive line led by Khalil Mack, hopefully a healthy Khalil Mack, who's been sitting out a couple of games, which if he comes in healthy and rested, uh, Stafford's going to get destroyed. So I'm expecting this game to involve a lot of quick passes, get that slot involved, get the ball quickly out of Stafford's hands to save him. Uh, and the Bears have allowed the uh, 11th most receptions to wide receivers this year. So I think Theo Riddick is a viable pass catcher. And if he's the truly the third or second option in this offense, that's that PPR flex value to me right there. Yeah, I think this is a great call. So the Lions were ripped in the press this week for their poor uh, protection of Matthew Stafford and for kind of even phoning it in allegations mm-hmm. of not really trying very hard. So I think the natural reaction to that is we're going to make sure that Matthew Stafford has a, a dump off option so that at least we're not so embarrassed while we're playing. Right. And very good call on that being maybe theoretic because Marvin Jones and Galladay are fantastic wide receivers down the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really need that golden Tate pressure valve if you're giving up seven sacks a game so yeah really like that call god if only the lions had someone like golden tate on their team <laughs> if only they had a quick <laughs> receiver that was really good at running routes and like tough as nails shit they should have traded for golden tate at the deadline that would have been uh, perfect for their team they should try to get golden tate <laughs> they should try to make that they should try to sign him this offseason i think he'd be really good in detroit um Let's move on to the team from Washington heading to Tampa Bay to take on the Bucks. And the only reason I have this as a could be good game is because uh, the Bucks defense sucks. Alex Smith showed some signs of life uh, last week, and uh, and you're getting the Fitz Magic experience. So this could be a good game. Uh, is there anyone in this game who you like, Clark? Yeah. So or don't may, like. we have maybe yeah. Um, so what I'm going to be interested in watching this game is. Does Washington's offense slow the game down enough to ruin Ryan Fitzpatrick and his wide receivers value? Or does Tampa Bay's offense speed the game up so much that Alex Smith actually has to throw the ball to wide receivers? That would be damning. I don't know. So I'm going to stick with, you know, Fitzpatrick, Deshaun Jackson. I feel like those guys are great starts. I feel like Adrian Peterson's still a great start, you know, as long as he's not like dead yet. Did I miss some news? No, he's but, still alive. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to count on the team from Washington to keep doing what they're doing, which is slowing the game down, running a lot of really short passes and a really effective running game against the Tampa Bay offense. That is Ryan Fitzpatrick chucking it. Yeah. Uh, I do not believe in Josh Norman as like a good football player or the Washington defense has a good defense. So this is going to be super interesting run versus pass football. Yeah. 
it's going to be, I think the biggest thing I'm going to be watching for, because I am an Adrian Peterson owner and I've been very happy with him so far this season, but uh, I think Brandon Sheriff is now out for the rest of the season with like a torn bicep or something, uh, who is a stalwart on that offensive line. So I'll be interested to see uh, how they're able to fare, how that running game fares without uh, one of their key offensive linemen in there. But if he, if they can just easily replace him and, and they're good to go, you're right. Like it's not only just that they've been running more or running a lot it's that they've been running creative runs that give adrian peterson space to attack space to get open space to make people miss and and ap at 30 whatever three years old still is outrunning 22 year two year olds which is just utterly preposterous in my mind i don't know how he does it and coming up with some receiving yards and learning how to catch the football which is an amazing thing for a 33 year old to learn how to do in in football where you're supposed to catch the ball I never understood how a player it's like it's like in basketball where it's like big men can't shoot free throws. It's like, how do you make it this far in a professional career and you shoot 50 percent free throws? I can shoot 50 percent free throws. It's like, how can Adrian Peterson have a 33 year career? Not a 33 year career. He didn't start playing when he was born a like 10, 12 year career and not know how to catch the football. You know, it, it feels like come on. Come on, you guys. You're paid professionals. You should be able to do everything at at least a higher level than the average human. That is the folly of youth. I would expect someone with your lack of experience to think that. (laughs) Another part of the podcast that really shines its head when it's just the two of us is age difference. (laughs) Adrian Uh, Peterson's still a whippersnapper. He's a young whippersnapper. Uh, it is crazy to think that. All right, last game in the could be good games. We had the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Los Angeles Rams in LA. Uh, and my play for this game, uh, we haven't had any sits yet, so I figured I need to give at least one sit this week. Actually, I got two sits. A uh, little sneak preview for my next next game. Uh, I'm gonna say That's sit funny because I don't give two sits about this game either. See, when we get the soundboard, I can hit the the drum snare on that, and and that'll just really emphasize that joke that you made. Oh, It's going to be great. Uh, I'm going to say sit Doug Baldwin this game. He just hasn't been the same since his injury. He's averaged uh, 3.6 catches and 4.6 targets since then. The Rams secondary has been struggling recently, but at home, I think they're going to get back on track. I just, I, I will say I maybe stretched this a little bit to find a sit, but I also, I just, for me, the Doug Baldwin experience is, hasn't been holding up this week. And there are so many wide receivers out there who I would trust more than Baldwin to produce this week. Like for instance, Cooper cup, I think Cooper cup's going to have a big game this week uh, against the Seahawks. So that's someone, if you got him, start him, but sit Doug Baldwin this weekend and just, you know, take it easy. Yeah, I like it. So I projected Russell Wilson to be fantastic and uh, Philip Rivers to be not so fantastic last week. Naturally. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I just, I don't want any part of this game. I don't want any part of it. No part at all. So then let's move on to our games of the week. We got two left to talk about. Clark, we'll start with you. The New Orleans Saints, the now top of the NFC New Orleans Saints after taking down the Rams. Uh, Head to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Clark, who do you like in this game or not like? I think you're obviously, like we talked about earlier, tempering expectations for Des Bryant. For the Saints, it's, it's Michael Thomas. It's... Alvin Kamara, I think you're sitting. 
what's his name here? Mark Ingram. I think you're sitting Mark Ingram until he shows you something because the Saints just really aren't relying on him anymore. And the Saints have showed that they will quickly move on from bad relationships that they feel like they're not getting anything out of. Uh, for Cincinnati, I, I don't like much with AJ Green missing a couple of games. Uh, Tyler Boyd has been very good with AJ Green opposite him. So it'll be interesting to see what he does when he's clearly the number one. I don't think you can get away from Joe Mixon, but if your team is absolutely stacked and you can get away from Joe Mixon, I would recommend that. The Saints defense has quietly been very good against the run. Um, and I just and I agree with you. I think that this game is going to be a shootout because both secondaries are the Saints secondary has gotten a little bit better, but they did just win a shootout against the Rams, uh, 35 to 42 or whatever. And the and the Bengals secondary has been banged up all year long, and people have been taking advantage of that. So I think this is going to be a pass happy, like let's go guns balls to the wall and just chuck it all over the fields. I think Tyler Boyd will give you something purely just because that's where the targets have to go. And maybe Joe Mixon gets you something in the passing game as well. But I, I agree with your sentiment where it's like, if you do have a stacked roster and you can, you can start, you know, a wide receiver in your flex and you've got two other running backs who you're willing to start over Joe Mixon, like let's yeah. Temper the expectations on Joe and maybe, and maybe sit him out or just, uh, What's the thing I always say? Because I like all my big guys not to say start, sit Peeling there, back the piano curtain. No. <laughs> you love that. You say I that do love that. Time. I'm saying, I was saying uh, 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 fade. That's the word I was looking okay. for. Fade Joe Mixon. Less creative. But... Less creative, I know. Peeling back the onion curtain is, is one of our more favorite lines on this podcast. Um, and then the final game of the week. Uh, is the Carolina Panthers heading to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers? This I am very excited for this game. Uh, the Steelers are are obviously gelling. The Panthers have looked freaking amazing, uh, and this offense looks legit. So I'm excited to see these two teams go head to head. I have another sit for this game because I couldn't just say start Christian McCaffrey, even though Christian McCaffrey has been balling. Oot! Uh, sit Devin Funchess. Uh, this week he's been he's returned to his touchdown or bust status and I know I was speaking high of him last week and I was actually even made him one of my must starts but against Tampa Bay he put up nothing he's had eight targets over the last two weeks and hasn't reached 80 yards receiving in a game this season while Pittsburgh secondary hasn't been great this year they are top 10 in DVOA against wide receiver ones which means that they're pretty hand they're doing a pretty good job at shutting down the number one receiver which in in uh, Carolina's offense is Devin Funches. I would think this leads a huge game. Christian McCaffrey is going to be a start. Greg Olson, you start. I think DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, it's going to be one of those guys. I can't tell you who because I am not paid enough money to do that much research. Um, but one of those two guys I think are going to have a big game. I just, I'm not so sure that Devin Funches is, uh, is in the future for this offense. This offense is moving towards its smaller, fast guys with all centered around Greg Olson, and that's leaving Funches out in the cold. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I think you're going to want a lot of the stars in this game, but a lot of the secondary stars like Funches, maybe not. Uh, I'm going to call this as my lock of the week. That Juju Smith-Schuster gets you more than 15 in the standard scoring. Nice. Juju gets back on track. We talked about him on on Tuesday's podcast about someone who's kind of maybe you hit that panic button on. But I think for those Juju owners, a a 15-point performance right here would be uh, very nice. All right. 
Uh, so there you go. There is some week 10 starts and sits talk. Well done, us. Oh, is that all of it? That's it. We did it. You oh. made it through, Clark. <laughs> you survived. I only brought two beers upstairs. <laughs> really should have brought three. That was, that was the biggest, the damningest factor of this was that Clark was having to do the rest of the games without having a, a nice chilled beverage to sip on. And I've needed to use the bathroom for like the past <laughs> 20 minutes. That's the sacrifice That's, that I make. Man, you truly, I hope our listeners truly appreciate all that we do for this podcast. You should. So a little insight into the podcast studio. I can see my screen from the bathroom because of the way that the mirror is set up. So I can go to the bathroom and watch tape from the bathroom. But my earbuds are not long enough for me to go to the bathroom and and, still and listen. Right. Yeah. Really what you need to do is you need to get... In case like, you were wondering... So if you hear Clark, you can, you're, you're certain that Clark is never podcasting from the bathroom. It's, it's, you know, it's a good thing to know. But maybe... Mostly. We'll, maybe we'll podcast. Maybe we'll pull a Jordan and podcast from the bathroom. Um, mm. So there you go. Uh Clark, I do want to say, I know, I know you have alluded to having doggy stories, but I want to, I want to give you the props that you deserve because oh. you were a great Samaritan today, and I want, I want the people of, of the world to know that. Well, thank you. So while walking our new dog, who is the best dog in the world, naturally, uh, pork chop, <laughs> I saw some other little dog running around a little pit bull mix that reminded me very much of uh, one of my. Former dogs who will forever have a heart in my uh, place in my heart, I guess you should say. And uh, so got her to come with us and, you know, trapped her in the backyard. And uh, <clears throat> once the girlfriend came home, I was like, well, we can't keep it here. We have to be responsible. We, I put up lost and wanted posters. I went on next door. I, I posted and, and nothing was happening. So I was like, well, we have to take it to the pound. We, we just have to. Uh, so I got about like 20 minutes down the road in the car. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. We're going to get another dog. Uh, and then like almost pulling into the driveway. Finally, someone calls me and says like, hey, I see that you found a dog and we're going to come get her. And Awesome. It's going to work out. Well, look at that. This is why Clark is the champion of doggos everywhere. <sighs> when I get my house, I'm going to get like. 30 dogs accidentally. What kind of accidentally? I'm just going to stumble into it. What kind of dog is pork chop? I don't know. Oh, it's some kind of dog. I don't know. A sneaky, (laughs) sneaky blend. They say it's like some Australian shepherd. I don't know. He's about 30 pounds. I I love Aussie shepherds. They're so beautiful. Um, Well, there you go. Good job, Clark. Way to be a good Samaritan. Yeah. Yeah. you're, You're making the world a better place for humans and doggos everywhere. For dogs. For dogs, people. Clark doesn't care about humans. Yeah. Uh, so, welcome back to Generation Two RB One Podcast. Uh, make sure to follow us on iTunes uh, and Stitcher. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Give us all that good stuff. Give us five stars because you love us. Follow us on Twitter at RB One Podcast. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Follow myself at Well, I just hit myself in the eye with a pen. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Uh, And good luck, everyone, this weekend. Enjoy week 10. uh, And we will be back at you next week to continue to talk about some good old fantasy football. Until then, peace.